1: Be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade.
0: Now has jumped over the scorers table. is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my
2: own head.
3: Welcome to the award-winning RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by BetMGM and Owner's Box. It's Thursday, December 31st, 2020. Happy New Year's Eve to everybody. Alex Berruthi here, and on the line, Shannon McEwen and Ken K-Train-Kreitz. All aboard! You can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, rotowire.com, and now YouTube, where we are doing video podcasts. So thank you if you're watching there. Uh, and we would appreciate a nice review. Today's show, a lot of news to get to today. Uh, The NBA season has been really exciting so far, a lot of blowouts. Unfortunately, a lot of injuries. um, But also, uh, that is leading to more waiver wire suggestions for this week. Uh, So later in the pod, we'll be getting to that. Uh, Top news of the day. We're starting off with the Heat. They bounced back and won 119 over 108. After being embarrassed by the Bucks on Tuesday night, that was a uh, they, they played again. It was back to back. I had the unfortunate displeasure of watching the second half of that game as a Bucks <laughs> fan. Uh, Tyler Hero was incredible. Career high: fifteen rebounds, twenty-one points, four dimes. Uh, looked incredible. We should note that Jimmy Butler was out for both of these games. Uh, Triple double for Young: is twenty-six points, thirteen rebounds, ten assists. Didn't get a lot uh, from really anybody else milwaukee <laughs> only shot 39 percent from the field brooke lopez not been great this season so far went three for 11 how do you feel about lopez right now ken because you know last season he was viable as a fantasy player right but viable. this year it's
4: it's, I think it's pretty time rough. to panic you know there were signs of his aging being a problem uh through five games he's at 8.4 points 3.8 rebounds i think i don't know how many years his rebounding's been declined he's got zero assists in five games that's getting near ed curry territory he does have 1.2 blocks but that's still down relative to past seasons uh and he's hitting one three a game yeah i mean uh, lopez is 32 old men especially old men that live in the perimeter tend to not age particularly well i'm getting a little worried that the years are catching up with him am i overreacting shannon
5: yeah, I mean, the, the biggest change so far is really the drop in minutes played. Uh, that's probably, you can probably chalk up Bobby Portis's presence um, as a part of that. Uh, you can also, you know, look at the blowouts. I, I mean, there, there's, the last night's game was the first game, um, I'm sorry, the second game of the season where Brook Lopez played 26 minutes or more. Uh, previous three games, 18, 21, 20 minutes. But each of those three games were blowouts. So you chalk it up to the blow, blowouts and just how odd the season has been for the, for the Bucs so far. I'm not that worried. In, in the two games that were competitive, he played 29 and 26 minutes. You know he's getting, he, he had 11 field goal attempts last night. I, it'll be there. It'll be there. Just I would hold he's too good for for a center position, especially with the blocks category. I mean, that's really why you drafted him. He's going to get you threes. He's going to get you blocks. There's not much help anywhere else. But yeah. if that's what you if that's what you need, then keep them. If you don't need the blocks, you know, you're in a shallower league, 10 or 12 team league. You don't need blocks. Then, yeah, it's, it's, it's OK to shop around and look at their look to see if there's better options on the waiver wire.
4: I mean, if you drafted Lopez, hopefully you knew you needed rebounds from other positions. Lopez hasn't had over five rebounds a game since 2016. A lot of that's because he is out on the perimeter, especially on offense. Um, but excellent points about the ups. So your classic small sample size issue.
5: Absolutely.
3: I think so. Uh, Ken, Jalen Brown had a crazy night.
4: Yeah, you were grinding your teeth last night, Alex, and uh, I was with you there. I only saw the fourth quarter because I was watching Jalen Brown explode for four, a career-high 42 points against, admittedly, a hobbled Memphis Grizzlies squad. Uh, Brown's at 28 points a game so far through five games. Still the clear number two behind Jason Tatum, but, you know, he's no longer bumping into Gordon Hayward on the depth chart. Uh, clearly their number two scoring option Curious how that may or may not change when Kemba Walker returns. Uh, in Boston's defense, it was the second of a back-to-back, so they had some excuses to be tired. But obviously, Shannon, this Grizzlies team is not what, uh, what it used to be.
5: No, I mean, Gri- Grizzlies without John Morant, uh, good luck. And That game was pretty much out of hand uh, immediately. Um, Jalen Brown.
4: Plus no Jaron Jackson, as we know, for a while.
5: Yeah, no, Jaron Jackson, uh, you know, the Valentinus had a slow start to the game and it was almost an immediate blowout. Um, I, I am, I wonder is it, what are the odds or what are the chances that Jalen Brown could lead the Boston Celtics in scoring this year, actually score more points than Jason Tatum? I think nope. it's.
4: It's, it's a possibility. You know, two years ago, people would have laughed you out of the building for it. But if this Boston team is going to improve, it's really the upside in Brown that's probably the most optimistic. Tatum already all-star form last year. Uh, Walker, we know about his knee issues. Uh, I think it's a possibility. And, uh, he's, you know, he's got a better uh, perimeter game. Than Tatum. Uh, I wish Brown shot better from the free throw line. I feel like he always hits one of two. I know he's not 50 percent from the line, but or he, Brown last year was the king of the old fashioned three pointer. But then he'd miss the uh, foul shot. <laughs> it Pulled my hair out. He's got to improve his free throw
3: shooting, I think, for him to have a shot at passing Tatum. But it is possible. Yeah, I mean the the main concern with Tatum is he just does not get to free to the free throw line. Through the first two games of the season, Tatum did not shoot Zero. a free throw,
4: even though yeah. he was even though he was like top ten and drives to the bucket, which is crazy. Right. A lot of that was you know Celtics were saying, hey, we're not getting the calls. But um, uh, one more point about yeah, Brown shooting sixty eight percent from the line. He's been in the sixties the first three years of his career, so that's where I want to see Brown improve is at the charity strike.
5: Yeah, and that that'll really that'll elevate him to the next. Kind of the next tier on the fantasy end as well. Um, I, I believed he was a lock for a top 40 player this year. That's where I was drafting him. Um, and it certainly looks like he's going to be that. Uh, free throws really is the one weakness. Um, on the Memphis side, we had Brandon Clark uh, coming off the bench still, but he goes for 10 7, 1 1. 1. Good line for him. Um, and then this, also, is a game
4: where you, this is a game where he should have been getting monster minutes, but clearly that groin injury, he's not 100% from that groin injury.
5: I don't know. I, I think he's fine. I think Memphis is just hesitant to to give him a boatload of minutes. I mean, even last year in, in his few uh, – there was only two or three spot starts, I believe, but he still didn't play big minutes in, in any game but like one or two. We went over this a few weeks ago where it was like a very limited amount of games that he topped 30 minutes played. Um, and the fact well, that they're I, still bringing him off the bench, it's so odd to me, but
4: especially now with, uh, with all the injuries in their lineup, I don't, I don't get it at all. And he was energetic. He sure looked healthy last night. Uh, I wrote off the 26 minutes going, oh, they don't want to rush him back from groin injury, but they need some talent out there. They are talent uh, void. They, they lack talent. Desmond Bain got some nice minutes last night.
3: Yeah. Grizzlies yep. without Morant is it's horrible. Um, the concern, I mean, if you have Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks, like that's fine, you're going to be fine. But the problem is they're I think they're going to get blown out so much that those guys may never really play too much over like 30 or 32 minutes because I'm looking at their stats right now without John Morant, 223 possessions minus 23 point differential. I mean, that's about the worst in the league in terms of like lineups go. So that
4: whole slow-mo nickname for uh, Kyle Anderson, it really... Demonstrates itself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When there's no Morant and Jackson on the court. Like, oh yeah, he is really slow. Like, it seems intentionally slow.
5: <laughs> yeah, we, we do need let's talk about. I mean, Tyus Jones, he's still the pickup with Morant out. Um, he had a rough game. 23 minutes, three for seven, six points, two rebounds, two assists. You know, this game was a blowout. That's one of the reasons why he saw less minutes than expected. Most people most most pundits probably have him tabbed for a lock for 30, 32 to 35 minutes um, with Morant out. Um, I am, I'm at the point now where like, yes, Jones is worth a flyer, 12 team, 14 team leagues. If you're streaming one of your roster spots, uh, specifically for a point guard, he will be worth it for the, for the two to three weeks that John Jam- Morant's out. Um, but I'm also of the opinion that Tyus Jones is just not that good. And not yeah. gonna be like he's not gonna be crazy productive. He's not gonna be well, a savior.
4: Kenny you know, Kyle Anderson, they were trying to make a poor man's Grant Hill last night. The ball was going through his hands almost every possession he was on the court. He did lead him at nine assists. Uh it was interesting the point forward approach. Can't say it was particularly effective, but that seemed to be their inclination. Yeah, For the poor,
5: man, is- poor man's Grant Hill, that's like blasphemy right there. He's <laughs> He's like very
4: poor man's Grant Hill. I was that, gonna let that, that one was go. The intention. Yeah, he's I, like, it did happen, but that's what he's they were a
5: hoping for. A poor man's version of Grant Hill's Gardener. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I heard they would have some great pickup games in the garden, Grant Hill and his gardener. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Joe's optimism, I should be there. They're not they would just don't trust him with the ball. They didn't trust him to run the offense.
3: Yeah, he's a, at best, he's a game manager point guard. doesn't really shoot. He's just a passer and can rack up steals. That's really about it. So I, I agree with Shannon. You can stream him. That's that's perfectly okay. Also, last night, uh, the Lillard-Paul George rivalry continued, but the Clippers crushed Portland 128-105 <laughs> to 105 with Kawhi Leonard coming back. It was the second night of a back-to-back for the Clippers, uh, but they played. Uh, I forgot exactly who they beat the night before, but it was a blowout. And so it wasn't really a back-to-back for them. Uh, Lillard struggled 3 of 14 from the field, four assists, four turnovers. Uh, Paul George, great game. Probably his best of the season, 23 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists, two steals. Ken, I'm still worried about Robert Covington and his shot attempts.
4: Yeah, yeah, I know you wrote about this in your what's real, what's not wrote a wire article. I'm worried about both about Covington. Covington's shot attempts and Nurkic, they both shot only four last night. I don't quite get it. Um, the defensive stats are still there for Covington, as you point out in your article, but uh, yeah, I'm a little concerned is, is five point. I mean, he's at 5.5 uh, points a game. Now certainly expect that to go up some, but uh, this is a, I mean, we know the backcourt shoots a ton for the trailblazers, uh, but I am getting concerned about uh, Covington and Nurkic, frankly, Tom, tell, tell me why I shouldn't panic on Nurkic yet.
5: Well, well it's it's, uh, Alex, let me hop in here first. I mean, yeah, one, yeah. It, it is the, the blowout. The blowout situation with Burke Lopez applies to Covington and Nurkic as well. Um, the Blazers have been involved in a couple different blowouts now, um, both on opening night uh, when Covington and Nurkic had rough games, and then last night when they had rough games. In, in both of those scenarios, you know, those two players would have seen five, six, seven minutes more and had more shot attempts if the games were close. But when they're 25, 30 point games going into the fourth quarter, those guys aren't going to come off the bench. Um so I'm not too worried, especially Nurkic. I mean, he's he had back-to-back double-doubles uh, the two games before that. He hasn't really been uncorked yet and, and he's, you know, it, there's a good chance he gets back to 30 32 minutes per game. You know, in the bubble he played 32 minutes per game. I think we'll see that. I think they're just kind of easing him along. And and the game flow, it's a game flow situation four games into the season, similar to Brick Lopez.
3: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, his per 36 numbers are down, which is a concern. But Shannon's right. I mean, some of these games, he also, the matchups have been tough for Portland. They've had a rough schedule, right? They played Utah on opening night. That's Nurkic against Gobert. That's probably not going to end well. Um, Nurkic had a great game, his best game. or maybe arguably against Houston, right? And they're all small ball. They didn't have anybody. And then he played the Lakers with Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis didn't have a great game, but him and Gasol are still on Nurkic. That's going to give him some trouble. And then last night, you know, the Clippers don't have an amazing center rotation, but they're an elite defensive team, and it was a blowout. So I think he just needs to get into a matchup where he feels comfortable, um, and they can feed him a little bit. Because right now, I mean, right now it's been like the CJ McCollum show, which has kind of been... Just very strange because McCollum's leading the league and or leading the team in shot attempts with 22, like more than Lillard. So I'm not really sure what's ha- happening there. He's at you know 28.6 assists a game, looking like he's about to have a career year. It's kind of a strange start to the season for the Blazers. So I don't want to, I don't want to write off Nurkic at all. Covington, I'm a little more worried about because he's more of a fringe player and yeah. kind of just a normal rotation guy. Over to the roster, yeah. yeah.
4: Uh, I got a crazy, crazy question for Shannon on the clipper side of the ball is 32 year old Nicholas Batum fantasy relevant again, 11 points, five rebounds, three assists and a steal last night. He's starting He's seeing 27 minutes a game.
5: He is fantasy relevant currently in a deep enough league. So 14 team league, 16 team league, uh, a deep roster on a 12 team league. Yeah, he's, he's relevant. Um, I don't think he's going to do much more than what we've seen, uh, through the first five games of the season. Uh, but we talked about this a little bit last week. You know, the fact that he started the opener, uh, was very encouraging. Um, I picked him up in our staff keeper league. Um, that's, that's fairly deep rosters. You know, we even have like G league players. So it is, he is enticing in, in a deeper format. Yes.
4: You know, I have a, I always have to look up how old Batum is because I always assume he's 34, 35. <laughs> you know, he's I don't know younger. why I think he's older.
5: Yeah, he's younger than you think. He, he's <laughs> one of those guys that is definitely younger than you think. So 1988, do the math there, Ken, 32.
3: <laughs> if you want something really scary, Batum is younger than Steph Curry, yeah. uh, uh, which yeah. is unbelievable. Um, Batum, yeah, ranks 111th in 8-cat league. So like Shannon said. You can pick them up, you know, a streamer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Shannon, we had the Nets beat the Hawks last night in a really fast paced game. Yeah.
5: one 141 to 145, uh, ending the Hawks' unbeaten streak. John Collins leads the way for Atlanta with 20 shots. Collins and Young both scored uh, 30 points each. Gallinari, right ankle sprain. Uh, after missing some time already with a left foot injury, uh, Reddish and Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, uh, they're both still starting for Atlanta. Bogdanovich leading the bench scoring with 22 points. And then on the net side, Kevin Durant, 33 points, 11 boards, 8 assists, 50% from the field, 9 for 9 from the line. What, was, what takeaways do you guys have from this game?
3: Uh, for me, it's John Collins because he was he was not getting – significant minutes he was not putting up significant shock attempts before this game uh he was only averaging 23 minutes a game fourteen points, six rebounds on nine shots so this was a big breakout game for him you know much needed 30, much needed yeah posted 30 and 10 um you know capella is still working his way back uh from that achilles soreness which he played through in the preseason and then missed the first two opening games which i could not believe that was happening um, but yeah, I, mean, only 20 minutes for,
4: I think to your point, they're still bringing Capella back. Only 20 minutes. Yep. Clearly, in a
3: perfect world, they want to see him on the floor more. If Gallinari so, is, is still going to be hurt, then Collins is going to
5: play. Yeah. Out. And this actually, we have an un, unintended theme here for today because I actually, you know, will once again point to the game flow and the fact that Collins hasn't really needed to do this yet for the Hawks. Um, you know, they had a, a blowout opener. Against the Chicago Bulls, uh, he only played 18 minutes. Uh, everyone from from the Hawks' starting lineup, I think, played like 25 or fewer minutes that game. Then they played Memphis in what was a 10-point win but wasn't really that competitive of a game. Um, and, and then against Detroit, uh, a shorthanded Detroit team. Uh, and uh, honestly, that wasn't a competitive game either, even though it was only eight-point final score, uh, eight-point victory for the Hawks. So it, it's, it's a combination of game flow, Blowouts. And then one other thing to keep in mind is just the fact that this is, we had a shortened training camp, you know, basically a non existent training camp. We had a shortened preseason. So I think this we're seeing with a lot of teams is they're slowly ramping their players up. You know, Collins, 18 minutes, 27, 26, and then 31 last night. So it's going to be partially game flow, but it also could just be a conscious effort from a lot of these teams of slowly ramping up their players until they're, they're ready to go out there and play at 100%, you know, log 35 minutes in a game.
4: I think, though, there's – I hear you on the blowouts and game flow, you know, for the shortened season. But I think there are, uh, as I've expected Alex outside of the pod, there are legitimate concerns with Collins. It's interesting that the Hawks are going to let Collins go to restricted free agency next year. Uh, didn't pick up his option um, – and there's, there's new depth on this Hawks team with Gallinari, who's going to be uh, healthy sooner or later, with Capella, who's still there working his way back. Um, mm-hmm. I was not as high on Collins as the rotowire projection machine was. Uh, I think great that he had a wonderful game last night in a very high-scoring game against Brooklyn. Most games he's in, though, are not going to go in the you know, over-underland. Uh, I still have my concerns about Collins, but for owners, certainly they should be psyched about last night.
3: Yeah. I mean, the, the, main thing you would point to, if you're optimistic at this point, would just be the Hawks have the top three offense in the NBA right now. Like I know they played bad teams, but they're scoring 129 points per game. That's not pro rated. Like per, that's what they're scoring. And if a team's scoring that much, then even if Collins sees 29 minutes, He's going to be putting up shots. He's going to be running up and down the court. But I agree with you, you know, Ken, it's he'll have a down year compared to last year. Um, and it's kind of a weird situation with him and the roster and the free agency impending and everything like that. Um, it's,
5: now, I, I want to the, the free agency, It they have it's they'll have the ability to match the qualifying. Sure. Yeah. So, sure. I mean, the Hawks are still in control of John Collins
4: restricted his, free agent
5: restricted. Yeah, free. He's going to be a restricted free agent. I don't think it's that abnormal uh, given the other contracts they have locked up. I, I think that that play makes sense for them to not lock him up or try to sign him to an extension now uh, and make that decision next year. Makes sense. I am not that worried about him. I think he's a lock for a top 50 player um, and he's going to be fine.
3: We also saw LaMelo Ball last night. Uh, I think it's got to be the best game of his career so far. 22 <laughs> points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists off the bench in a four-game career. Win. Not Four-game career, not sandwich, yeah, but
1: yeah. but he had looked bad
3: before. <laughs> he looked bad. He looked um, bad. A huge win over the Mavericks. Hornets continue to look very good. They're fun to watch. I can't believe I'm saying it. I will continue <laughs> saying it. You have to watch this team on League Pass. Uh, Miles Bridges also double-double 20 points, 16 rebounds, they, Pretty made good fantasy right now. they made a
4: point to get Bridges involved early. The coach said pregame they were going to feed Bridges more. And he clearly did.
3: Yeah, he had a great game. Um, you know, LaMelo, I, I watched I watched like the recap of this game. He had some of the luckiest shots I have ever seen in my <laughs> life this game. That's fl- okay. You saw
4: that fling he had from the baseline? It was like yes. behind his head, falling down. <laughs> I like, that should count.
3: He went. He went from shooting like twenty percent from three to now he's shooting like fifty-five percent from three. It's all over the place. I don't really trust his shot. It's chaotic, but it's a good game for him. And uh, Ken, I, w- I want to get your opinion on Lamelo, and then I'll I'll toss it to Shannon quick. But um, is this a guy you're even remotely interested still in trading for? I mean, is are you worried no, that
4: name, this game's not value. real? the name value is always going to be higher than the, than the actual shop percentages. And, uh, right. You know, I can't, be- you said you can't believe that you're saying they're entertaining to watch. I can't believe that I'm about to say that. I think this team has some depth, You know, which I, I, I never thought I'd say that about the Hornets, but, uh, I think it's going to be different guys each night. And I do wonder if Cody Zeller getting hurt actually is the nudge they needed to go more small ball. Anyway, <laughs> they talked about playing Washington at center, uh, they want to get bridges minutes, but don't want to start them. Well, they've got to go small to do that. Uh, so I wonder if Zeller getting hurt, is actually going to help them. And, uh, I, I am curious to see, but I, you know, there are going to be nights when Graham leads this team. There are going to be nights when Rozier leads this team. There are going to be nights when Hayward leads this team. So I don't know how many big ball nights stat wise there can be. Um, but you know, I am horribly biased against the ball family. Shannon, real, re, Shannon, give your take here.
5: <laughs> I, I, his per 36 and his shooting percentage are e- extremely encouraging. Uh, I mean, he, per 36, he's averaged 18.96 with 2.2 steals, 3.6 three-pointers, 45% from the floor, 83% from the line, 53% from downtown right now. I there's a lot to like, uh, you know, he played twenty nine minutes last night because it was a blowout that that's the reason right. why he and Bridges played more. Uh, it, it, this game was was extremely out of hand uh, in the third quarter. Uh, they ended up winning by 19 points, um, the, the Hornets, and they got outscored in the fourth quarter by 10. So yeah, you know, they still played
4: Gordon. Does anyone, They still played Gordon Hayward thirty-one minutes. Like they weren't necessarily resting guys.
5: Yeah, you know. yeah. They no. After the third quarter, the game was over. It was twenty-nine point uh, deficit for the Mavericks heading into the fourth quarter, and the bench played the entire fourth quarter for for the Hornets. Essentially, um, it's it, that's just got to be factored in. You know, I those guys were a part of it. Bridges and Ball in the second quarter, they were a part of building the lead. Uh, But, you know, seeing them play 29 and 30 minutes, we're not going to see that most nights. All right. But it's still encouraging Uh, on a whole what Ball has done. He's been much better, much more efficient than I thought he would be to date. But it's only four games. So, you know, I I think he deserves more run uh, in the in the near future. If, you know, it, it just depends on if the Hornets are winning then maybe they continue to deploy him, deploy him as a uh, reserve. But uh, he is, he's, I'm much more intrigued by him now after seeing four games than I was prior to the season starting.
3: My, I guess my main concern is he's going to be a 17 per minute. Like, he's locked into his 17 minutes, and that's what he's just at for the rotation. And then he'll see more whether or not they get blown out either way or whether he's playing extremely well. And like his minutes, I don't know... I, if, he, if he's not going to see more than 20 minutes a game, he's just not going to be fantasy relevant, I don't think. Because I don't really believe in his shooting percentages that much. His assist numbers aren't what people were hoping it would be. You know, We thought he could average like six, seven assists a game. He's at three right now, um, discounting the game from yesterday. Um, so I think now he's at like four and a half or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's still interesting. Um,
4: this team has legit depth. They don't need yeah. to force feed him. They're not so terrible they need to force feed ball.
5: His uh, per game per game value is like in the 110 range right now, um, you know, playing 20 minutes per game. So that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good giving that, the limited time. I mean, he's basically right there with Buddy Heald, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, Zubach. Zubac. Al Horford, they're all in that same range. Again, it's three to five games for each of these players, so it's a small sample size. But in 20 minutes per game, he's provided decent value. The question is, does he get more minutes? You know, if he if he gets up to 24 or 26 minutes per game, um, I I think based on what we've seen, top 100 value uh, would not be surprising.
4: But clearly, whoever drafted Ball was higher was high on him. Probably one of those owners that loves to go in on rookies.
3: Yeah, yeah. Of you know,
4: so you're going to have to overpay in a trade. I, and I sure wouldn't do it after one big game.
3: Can we saw, or we, we are going to see Rui Hachimura return tonight for the Wizards.
4: Yeah, it's kind of odd news. He was supposed to be out three weeks to uh, conjunctivitis in his eyes. Um, but he's only missing, it turns out he's only missing uh, first four games. They were all losses for the Wizards. We discussed him a little last week as a free agent option. Washington needs him. They're getting almost nothing from the front court uh, after Beal and uh, Westbrook do so well uh, in the backcourt. Let's remember that Hachimura averaged 13.5 points a game and 6.1 rebounds, as well as 1.8 assists last year as rookie season. Uh, Though we'll certainly get fewer touches with Westbrook around. Anyway, nice news. We're always harping on who's injured, but Hachimura coming back
3: for the Wizards tonight. That's big yeah. for them because he might be their third or fourth best player.
5: Like, yeah, yeah. he's he's, he's uh, Scott Brooks already said he's only going to play about twenty minutes uh, in his se- season debut. Um, you know, if you're in daily leagues, you have other options. I, I don't think Hatchemura is, is necessarily a immediate plug into your lineup. You can kind of wait and see. I think by by the, if you're in a weekly a uh, weekly lineup league. Uh, by next week's period, you'll you'll probably know if you should drop uh, activate him.
4: But for season long, uh, the days of him being uh, available a lot could be dwindling quickly. <laughs> you
1: don't act Absolutely. now, yes, you, uh,
4: you yeah. may never be able to.
1: The RotoWire NBA podcast is brought to you by BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That is why BetMGM has teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month RotoWire subscription when you placed your first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use promo code Roto, that's Roto, R-O-T-O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today, Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. And 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada.
3: And that brings us to our main topic, which is the early waiver wire targets, basically a part two uh, from last week. But again, early on in the season, so much is happening. Um, Stocks are up, stocks are down. So we're going to look at some more guys again. Uh, First guy I'm going to highlight quickly, Tyrese Halliburton. He's third right now in Rookie of the Year odds. Um, Has looked really good, especially if you're in a nine-cat league, because uh, he only has three turnovers to, I think, 25 assists or 21 assists. And one of those turnovers was a fake turnover at the end of a game where Buggy Heald, I think, handed him the ball um, to run (laughs) out the
4: shot The classic veteran rookie move, make the rookie eat the T.O. at the (laughs) the end of a game.
3: (laughs) Halliburton, a guy who um, I think fantasy managers were higher on him than like legitimate NBA like general managers. Um, You know, he went 12th in the draft and everyone kept saying he's slipping. He's slipping. Can't believe he's slipping this far. And finally, the Kings grab him. and He looks great right now. Um, Eleven points a game on six shots, which is great. Fifty six percent from the field. Fifty percent from three. Again, if you watch him, he is one of the strangest looking. Uh, forms you've ever seen, but it goes in, and it's been going in his whole life. It's
4: like his elbows work a little differently, you know, yeah. like they sort of bend a different way.
3: Um, five assists a game, also again to only .8 turnovers, one point three, yeah, one point three combined steals and blocks. So more valuable in a nine cat league, but again, either way, um, he's someone who I think has, he has to be rostered. And right now in Yahoo, uh, he's only in forty eight percent. Uh, of Yahoo leagues as he rostered and he's the 83rd ranks player in eight cat leagues right now. So uh, definitely get him on your roster.
5: Ken, who are you looking to add? Uh, first of
4: all, I agree with Halliburton. I love how he's not turning the ball over. Um, I'm going to add uh, an old guy. It seems old. Enos Cantor playing a lot of minutes as backup center against those trailblazers. Uh, getting a lot of double doubles off the bench. He's only 33% rostered. This is what Enos cantor do- does. I mean, if you need three-pointers, he's not where you're going. But if you need rebounds and points, if you're in a points league in particular, Cantor, uh, they keep giving minutes, too. They like him in Portland. He's been there before. Anyway, uh, especially uh, if you're hurting for some center help, look for Kanter. He's available in 33% of leagues.
5: I will say for rebounds, he he is a, a decent option in deeper leagues. Uh, but I stand by my... my uh, the theme we discussed earlier, and the fact that those minutes are being going going to be going to Nurkic once the games are tighter. Um, one one of my I, I'm going to mention a couple guys. First, just we would be remiss to not mention Darius Garland, top 20 value per game value right now through the first four games of the season. He's still own, own uh, still still available in like 21% of Yahoo leads, which is insane. He should be owned no matter what. What size league you're in? I don't. That ownership's
4: too high to lose to Shannon. Come on.
5: I I don't care if you're in a 16 league. Darius Garland should be owned right now. He's averaging an 18 and a half, almost eight, almost eight assists, four boards, couple steals. He is he is legit. He's taking that second season leap. Um, but let's let's go for guys that are that are owned and and yeah, you can just call
4: George next.
5: Did you draft <laughs> Did you draft Darius Garland anywhere, Ken? <laughs> Do you know how I many tried. Leagues he was I tried. In?
4: My leagues are very competitive. They like Garland. He's not available he, in any leagues I'm in. That's for darn sure. He
5: was undrafted in like 70% of 10 team leagues. So not my leagues. His ownership should be like 95% on Yahoo, at least. Okay, a couple lower, lower guy, lower owned guys. Darius Bailey, we talked about Basley, sorry, Darius Baisley. Um, starting for the Thunder. Uh he's only owned in sixty percent of Yahoo leagues. That needs to be rectified. And Keldon Johnson, another Wait,
4: back up on Baisley. Another interesting point of Baisley. If the Thunder are gonna keep resting Horford, uh they gave Horford the second of a back to back off this week. That's even more rebounds for Baisley. In fact, they're gonna line him up at center in some small ball lineups.
5: Yeah. Basil is actually kind of off to a slow start. I mean, he's he's flashed some, some potential, but he's only shooting 38% right now. Um, I expect his numbers to, uh, to really improve here as the season wears on. Uh, and then Kelvin Johnson is breaking out for the Spurs averaging twelve points, seven boards. Uh, he can get you some defensive stats, hit threes. I like him a lot. 58% owned. Uh, it, it looks like he'll probably continue to start. We'll see what happens when Derek White returns. Um, but there's a good chance that, that, well, Marcus Aldridge gets the minutes at center and, and they play Keldon Johnson and uh, at, at the three and the four uh, and go with a smaller lineup. He's top 100 value right now.
3: I'm with you on both of those guys. Basically, shooting's going to improve. That's the main thing. And Keldon Johnson, I'm a little biased since I saw him in person playing the G League. But it was obvious then that he was like the only NBA player on the court, and he he's he's got great NBA size. Um, he can score from anywhere. He's a decent passer, and um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on Keldon Johnson for rebounding sure. rebounding well. well also for a six five guard essentially. Yeah, he's he's a big guy. He's he looks like a forward, but he has guard skills, which is good. Um, I'm gonna mention mention Josh Jackson um, as much as it pains me. He's playing. <laughs> He is playing for the Pistons. Now, one of those games, uh, Griffin and Rose sat out, right? So he got more run, more usage, et cetera. And his shooting is pretty unsustainable, right? 51% <laughs> from the field. But he's taking 13 shots a game. He's playing 26 minutes. And we know he can rebound well. And we know he has defensive upside. And if you give him the ball enough, he can make some assists. And it's just he's, 37% in Yahoo and 15% roster and ESPN is just too low for a guy who's clearly in the rotation and that we've seen before have stretches where he's looked good. He's also had stretches where he's looked bad, but he should at least be on someone's bench, uh, I would say, at this point. I, um, I know.
5: I, slapped, I, I sent you guys a message on opening night, and I said, Josh Jackson is the best player on the Pistons right now. <laughs> and I just, it was.
4: It was I think you were referring more to the Pistons than Josh Jackson.
5: No. That. No, like I it was the fact that he was he was the best player on the court for the Pistons. It, it, it was, you know, I said he was the best free agent signing um, when I sent that message to you, and it was half in jest, but but he really was the best player of that game. Um, there's going to be plenty of other opportunities where. Uh, Blake Griffin or Derek Rose sits and, and Jackson gets extra runs. So I, I'm totally on board. I agree with you, Alex. And I will say his shot has improved. It looks way, way better. If, if your only exposure to Jackson was like his disappointing rookie year, his shot's better. You know, it's it's he's not as broken as he was uh, coming into the league.
4: Well, Detroit and the uh, Thunder are two teams that are worth gambling on the first third of the season because those rotations are not set. You know, and who knows who could be, uh, who their go
3: to players are going to be 15, 20 games from now. Speaking of the Thunder, Ken, uh, you have an, an old Thunder guy uh, that you I, pick up off the wai- waivers. In
4: every league I'm in, I seem to be the guy that tries to squeeze one or two more drops out of old people. And uh, I'll <laughs> say, especially if you're in a deep league, George Hill seems to be locked into their starting lineup and getting mid 20 minutes a game. Decent assist source, decent three source. He's owning 28% of leagues. I mean, admittedly, this is a deeper league suggestion. But George Hill is going to get as many minutes as his old man legs can handle. Um, so we'll see. And I suspect they, they they don't want all kids out there. They want somebody like uh, Hill and Horford educate these guys in the proper way to play. So uh, anyway, deeper league suggestion. Also, I just couldn't resist recommending somebody really old.
3: Yeah, I mean, his percentages are going to go down, but 11 shots a game, 25 minutes. Again, we've only seen him play two games, so we're not entirely sure where his minutes stand, but I agree with you. I mean, he's going to be a good source of threes. Um, He's a high-floor player because he can do a little bit of everything. Um, You know, I mean, it's, again, yeah, deeper leagues. High-floor player. He'd he'd be a good guy to have on the bench. Good point. Uh, High-floor
4: player when he's got a four-week game and your other guards don't, you know, you can rotate him in.
3: Right. Uh Shannon, do you have anybody else for us?
5: Yeah, and I I know you want to gra- you want to discuss another player from this team, but I I want to talk about Anthony Edwards for a second. Sure. Um I've been really impressed by him so far. Uh he's not doing anything st- stats-wise that really, you know, jump off the page, but but he's been solid, 15 points, 2.3 rebounds, 1.8 assists. Uh he's hitting two three-pointers per game. Um, 33% from downtown, 42% from the floor. He, he hits free throws hundred percent there. Um, I, he, to me watching him play, uh, he reminds me of a bigger Donovan Mitchell. Um, and I mean, I, I may be crazy. I may be seeing something that no one else does, but that's the, from the first like shot attempt, I was like, Oh my gosh, he looks just like Donovan Mitchell did his first his first uh, campaign, his rookie season, and that the confidence that Donovan Mitchell had, which really was one of the key factors to him breaking out. You know, it, I, I think Anthony Edwards has that. And, and watching him play, it just it like oozes out of him. I wouldn't be surprised, especially with Cat out right now, if we see Edwards takes take a big step up here um, in the next couple weeks and really, really showcase why he was the number one overall pick. Um, I am very high on him, uh, after watching a few of their games,
4: Alex, we got to set some sort of percentage limit or ceiling for these <laughs> waiver wire chats. Come on. Edwards is his in two thirds of the league, Shannon?
5: Ken, you're talking about players that should have retired three years ago.
4: <laughs> <laughs> People don't need to listen to a podcast to learn about the number one pick in the league. No, why is he,
5: to- why, why is he available in 33% of Yahoo leagues then? I'm just telling you some so insights that i found from watching him play.
4: Pods. Those are like high school kid leagues.
3: Yeah. If Towns is going to be out for a while longer, someone is going to have to score on this team. Yeah. Um, I think and- they're smart, though, to bring him off the bench.
4: We yeah. all know he needs yeah. development. He didn't light the world on fire at Georgia. I think there's let him play against uh, lesser competition, uh, I hope for his long term development they don't inject him into the starting lineup he, because fans
5: is out. I think he might be starting their next game i don't I think Jared Culver's probably going to move to the bench and they're just going to put Edwards in there they've been hesitant to go with like the three guard starting lineup uh, but I actually i no, I think he's going to be starting very soon for this team
3: there's also I think a good chance Ryan Saunders is going to get fired soon um <laughs> As an aside, because you,
5: make, you
4: do start making more desperate moves and not worry about the long term when you're going you're in there on the hot seat. Yeah.
3: Minnesota right now, if you take out garbage time, has the worst net rating in the league, worst team in the NBA. And Ricky Rubio said the other day that they're worse than their record.
2: Um,
3: <laughs> like he said, they're worse that. than they're like actually that. Playing. Incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Shannon. I think a decent idea to target Timberwolves guys. We still don't really know about Towns. Um, so Nas Reed also an option, uh, 23% of Yahoo leagues, um, is is what he's rostered in. You know, again, the concern it's like with, with the Grizzlies, if towns is out, there's a chance Minnesota is going to get blown out almost every single game and 30 minutes won't be regularly available for everyone on this team. But again, until we know, I think, I think, I think Nas Reed should be rostered. Um, because if he's going to play 28, if he plays 28 minutes, he'll have some fantasy relevance. Um, well, right now
4: with towns, Alex, isn't this the same wrist that he had issues with? They say it's a different part of his hand, but it seems disconcerting. So it's the same wrist,
3: it's a concern. Um, it's a concern for sure. But when they said weekly, we're going to check in on a weekly, the weekly. The weekly thing is what made me get pretty aggressive in going for Reed in some leagues, um, especially in one of our leagues, our 14-team league where I have Towns. I was like, I am not letting anybody else get Nas Reed's production because the weeks thing, very scary. Um, Ken, you got one last guy for us? Yeah, if you need threes, Cameron Johnson,
4: the sophomore in Phoenix. We always talk about how sophomores don't get the attention they deserve. Cameron Johnson, Shannon, only rostered in 23% of leagues. I Shot 39% from behind the arc as a rookie. Also can get you blocks. Has the pedigree. 11th pick last year, even though people dogged the Suns for it. Phoenix looks pretty smart. And, you know, I'll say it. The Suns, it's an interesting move with Chris Paul. But this team still lacks depth. And I think Johnson's going to get plenty minutes as the first guy off the bench for the Suns.
5: I've got one better for you. Uh, this guy's only owned in 21% of Yahoo. Oh. And he's a better option than Cameron Johnson. Patrick Williams starting for the Bulls, you know, their their You're first starting. round pick, their lottery pick this year, it's averaging 10. Hey, he's getting some steals, getting some threes, 11 points per game, good percentage, you know, good free throw percentage, 92%, which which is damn good for a rookie. Uh I like where Patrick Williams is at and how the Bulls are deploying him uh would a little bit more than, than Cameron Johnson, but I agree that Cam Johnson is also a, a good target in deeper leagues.
4: Weird. Okay. So, you, what, who do you think has the better season? I, I'm asking because I really don't know the answer. You think Otto Porter or Patrick Williams has the better season
5: for the Bulls? I think they're going to be very comparable in their production. Um, but but just because Porter has shown so far in the first four, or five, four games this year that. Even if he's getting 20 minutes, he can he can put up a decent line. Um, it's going to be – I think it's a toss-up.
3: Yeah, Alex, uh, any, any opinion one way or the other? It's a tough call. I mean, I would trust – I mean, Porter has a higher ceiling because we've seen him be a top 60, top 40-ish player before. And I know they're kind of bringing him along. He had injuries last season. Um, so I would I would say Porter, but they could end up trading him. It's tough to say. I would – if you made me lean one way, I'd pick Porter. Their they're going to show, they're have to showcase
4: Porter more if they really want to trade him. Um, their
5: per game values are identical right now.
4: I can't get over the fact that Williams never started a game his one year at Florida State, and all of a sudden he's an NBA starter. I don't. Somehow I, I can not get that either.
3: That in my head. I can't jive that in my head. I don't, I don't understand it, but it's somehow it's working out. So. Craig it to the scouting department, I guess. Uh, All right, okay.
5: Before, yeah, talk. before we before we go to DFS, Ken, your yeah. homework assignment, just so you know, is to watch some Anthony Edwards, like actually watch some of his NBA play, and then come back to me and tell me that he shouldn't be owned. And like,
4: 85. I am not dogging yeah. you because Edwards is not a great talent. I'm dogging you because you're recommending guys that already have 67 percent roster. Uh, no,
5: percentage. I I just wanted to talk about Anthony. Edwards. I
4: think we should pick. I don't up need to- George.
5: I, this is my outlet, all right. This is my outlet. I've been wanting, I've been saving that Donovan Mitchell comp. And last night,
4: last night's podcast with Nick and James was all rookie reviews. There was a ton of Anthony Edwards uh, discussion. You should have joined last night's pod.
5: You know, when I turn to my wife and I, and I say, "Man, Anthony Edwards was just <laughs> reminds me of Donovan Mitchell," and she says, "Who the hell is Donovan Mitchell?"
3: <laughs> but she knows who Anthony Edwards is. Yeah, Yeah, wait a minute. She doesn't know who
4: Edwards is if she doesn't know who Mitchell is. Of course not. She's too busy posting her daily jog up on the
1: gram. Hey, NBA fans. Owner's Box is here to reinvent the way you play fantasy sports this season. Owner's Box is not DFS. They're the first ever weekly fantasy sports platform to combine the best elements of daily and season-long fantasy. Owner's Box is a head-to-head elimination-style format that keeps players engaged through live snake drafts, and a new layer of strategy that allows you to become the ultimate fantasy GM. Compete with your opponent over seven days of fierce competition and get paid out weekly. On Owner's Box, users can brand themselves and engage socially on the platform in multiple different ways, add friends, create custom leagues, and rank up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. Users are able to draft a new team every single day, and participate in different types of contests to keep the fantasy experience fresh and fun so you're never out of the game. To tip off the NBA season, if you sign up free now, Owner's Box will match your first deposit up to $500. Think you got what it takes to be a weekly fantasy GM? Visit ownersbox.com slash rotowire to claim your bonus and make a name for yourself today.
3: Thursday DFS Today. Uh, FanDuel has a four-game slate. There are seven games today, uh, but three of them start before 7 p.m. Eastern. So only four are on the main slate because it is
4: New New Year's Eve, Eve.
3: baby. Highest over-unders. Only one of them is near that 230 mark, and it is Sacramento at Houston. Every other game is in the 215 to 219 range, so pretty standard NBA game at this point with all the pace. Almost no injuries on this slate at least ones that like we haven't been dealing with the whole, you know, the whole season. Um, the main thing is Alec Burks, uh, is questionable with an ankle injury. That's, That's like saying there are no injuries when Alec Burke leads you know, the injury report. Hey, <laughs> Alec Burks is playing really well this season. Okay. Somebody's uh, got a score.
4: He might be come up in the Harvey Grant episode.
3: Uh, you know, Tom Thibodeau is on brand right now playing RJ Barrett and, uh, Julius Randall, 38 minutes a game. That's, uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable stuff. Um, other than that, though, yeah, almost no injury. So this is a pretty straight up DFS day. Um, a couple guys I want to highlight. Again, it's it's hard to. I don't like necessarily hate anybody on this slate, but um, I think Mitchell Robinson against Toronto. Toronto doesn't really have competent centers. I mean, Aaron Baines is fine. Boucher, he's okay. Alex Land is not that good. One of these days, Robinson is going to go off, right? Because he's seeing thirty minutes a game recently. And they're not in playing the past. well. They're not playing early. Right. Exactly. And he Robinson's he's just he's basically due is what I'm trying to say. And he's only fifty two hundred. So it's not you can afford him and still put together a very good lineup.
5: Yeah, I'm with you. I've got Robinson in my lineup. Uh, The really encouraging part for me is the fact that he's played thirty four and thirty one minutes. The two past games, Uh, you know, if he continues to get thirty plus minutes, you're right. He's going to have a monster. 40-point fantasy outing with 15 points, 15 rebounds, three or four blocks, uh, that that will come. So at 5,200, it, it's hard to avoid them for me.
3: We got Ken.
4: I was to say, also at center, I mean, you do have to decide where you're going to go cheap. Robinson at 5,200 is a nice cheap suggestion. Another cheap suggestion, 5,300 for Rashawn Holmes. They're not playing Hassan Whiteside uh, in Sacramento. Uh, they're giving all the minutes to Holmes, which I don't think most of us expected. And he's just playing a Houston team that doesn't play any defense. So uh, I like Holmes as well as a possible cheap option.
5: Let's stick, sticking with that game in the center position, though, DeMarcus Cousins making his season debut. $6,500 on FanDuel. Are you guys at least considering that? It's no idea lot. how
4: many minutes they're going to give him. Just no idea. Yeah. Could, you know, 35 wouldn't surprise me. 15 wouldn't surprise me. You know,
3: that price is rough for me. Yeah. I, um, if he was at 5,900, sure. Right. Um, 65 is tough. Cause you basically need 30 to 35 fantasy points out of them. And, and again, he can put that up in 20 minutes. He can, um, it's just a ball in his hands though. How many shots is he going to get to? Yeah. And Christian woods has been playing really well. Obviously, P.J. Tucker is probably locked into a role I uh, the, you know, again, it's a small enough slate where if you're trying to play a GPP and you want to, you know, get some guys who are low roster on your team, maybe cousins, but yeah. at the same time, the hype for him coming back is relatively high. So I don't know if his if his you know percentage roster is going to be as low as you might hope it is. Someone like Holmes is probably a, a guy you want if you're going to try to avoid, you know, the the roster percentages.
5: But yeah,
4: Kind yeah, of like man. Hachimura, I'm just going to say, like, I don't know what kind of shape he's in. Can he handle more than 20 minutes a run? I, maybe. I, I honestly don't know one way or the other.
5: He looked really good in the preseason, and he looked like he was in the best shape of his career. Uh, not just, you know, preseason hyperbole. Like, he legit looked that good. Um, I will, I agree with Alex, though. 6,500, too costly for my taste. Uh, I, I do want to mention Cousins for Yahoo's DFS slate. He's $10, he's a minimum price player for tonight. So I've got him in my Yahoo lineup yeah. and I've got him in my DraftKings lineup as well because he's only 5,000 on DraftKings, but those prices are easier, you know, that that's a Absolutely. much better price and something to take take advantage of. But 6500, I I can't do it. There's too many lower priced options that are
3: solid on FanDuel center. Yeah, and even even high price center, go Bear. Against Phoenix is only seventy seven hundred, and Aiton's not guarding anybody really. Um, And Gobert is, I think, crushed value on every single game he's played. If you're if you're looking at the seventy seven hundred price tag, so I don't even mind him if you're looking to pay up um, on on Fanduel. So that's a guy. I don't know. I again the the roster percentages are are tough to call, um, but he's a guy I would look at. As well. And I also like, I'm with, I'm with you, Ken, so I'll let you take the floor on this. But I think Alfred Payton is a guy, I think he's going to be relatively popular. Um, but he he, might be, be he looks good lately.
4: You know, my only contribution to the DFS section is to throw out a few cheap names. Uh, I like Alfred Payton against Toronto because he's their only healthy point guard. Austin Rivers is making uh, his debut for the Knicks. I think it's his debut, but is playing for the Knicks tonight. But uh, Smith is out. Um, Frankie Smokes is out. Uh, I'm not saying these are uh, blockbuster players, but Peyton, and we know about Thibodeau, loves to play his guys till their knees bleed. Peyton could see 33, 34 minutes tonight. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, and Toronto hasn't been playing that great defense yet. Uh, so at
3: 5,200, I like to fly around Peyton. Yeah, Peyton saw 36 minutes last game. Um, you know, Burks is questionable. I think if Burks is out, I feel a lot more comfortable with Peyton. If Burks is in, I'm going to hesitate a little bit um on Peyton because burks does handle the ball so much and that would make me feel less good about rj barrett and make me feel less good about julius randall uh but again four games slate you have to at least consider you have to pretty much consider everybody um shannon do you got anybody else for us that that really sticks out to you as either a good play or a or a non-play
5: yeah i, I mean i like john wall seven thousand dollars uh is a decent price uh like cousins as well looked really looked pretty good in the preseason. I liked what I saw. Um I'm having a very hard time moving off of two high priced options in Julius Randle, uh eight thousand at power forward and Brandon Ingram, ninety four hundred at small forward. They're just with the lack of other options at those two positions, um, I I feel like those two I have to have locked Randall into my too. lineup. Yeah, I am just going to keep playing
4: until he passes out. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's going to be the new Jimmy Butler, young Jimmy Butler with Tibbs in Chicago, you know? Um,
5: yeah, I
3: think I, you could go ahead. Go ahead.
5: No, go. Please, please continue with the Randall discussion.
3: Uh, I, I was going to say, I think you can almost. I mean, that Toronto, New York game, kind of an interesting stack. You know, Randall mm-hmm. going up against Siakam. Those guys playing against each other. Um, new York is not great. Um but, they, I mean, they've had offensive flashes, obviously. I, I, think th- I think that's an interesting game because you have a lot of guys that have high usage. You know, mm-hmm. you have Lowry in that game, Van Vliet's in that game, and Anobi's a fair, fairly, he's a mid-priced option at this point. I think he's, he might actually be a little overpriced. But R.J. Barrett, Randall, like, we know for both of these teams who gets the ball and who handles it. Um, so I, I do like that game as, as kind of a target. But, um, yeah, Randall, Randall's a guy I like. I also like Al Horford. Um, so, against so new fun. Orleans, 50, yeah, 5,400. Um, I'm taking basically at 5,700. I, that's also fine too. Um, I'm a little worried with Horford back, but like we alluded to earlier, Baisley hasn't been shooting nearly as well as he can. So, um, that's an option too. And they're going to play Horford at center. Cause we saw last game Muscala is just not gonna, he's not yeah. just, he's not, he really could be play. eight foot and they're not going to play him at center. Right. I don't, I don't <laughs> love Baisley's price. But it's not, again, it's not prohibitive uh, for your lineup. So I'm, I'm OK with throwing them in there.
5: Yeah, I like Baisley at that price. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a decent price. I'm cur- I currently have Siakam and Randall at power forward. So I, it, it's essentially, if I move off of Payton, um, I'll probably move from Siakam or Randall to Baisley.
4: Uh, On your family <clears throat> lineups, guys, who's your most expensive player? I've got Wessel, I've got Westbrook. I just can't resist him against the Bulls' lack of defense.
5: Yeah, if you're playing the earlier slate, I think Westbrook's pretty much a must start. Um, that Bulls-Washington slate uh, game for the earlier About slate is yeah, definitely sorry. the one that I would target. Um, yeah, I would just load up on all those guys for the main slate. Um, it's Ingram and it's Ingram and Randall, really, for me right now. And then the one guy who I think is a must avoid. Is Christian Wood, um, you know, eighty eight hundred, and we don't know how many minutes he's going to get. You know, it's it's not the same. It, it's you can't compare his first two games to this game because there the Rockets' entire roster, except for James Harden, essentially uh, was out. So right. Wood and Wood and Harden were were taking like seventy percent of the shot attempts uh, in those two games.
4: Just, you got to believe John Wall's going to get some shots tonight.
5: Yeah, John Wall, you got. <laughs> We don't know how Wood and Cousins will be deployed if they'll ever be on the court together. Um, that's a serious question. They they might only both see minutes at, at center spot and and split those minutes you know, 60-40 in Wood's favor. Uh, and if that happens, it's just Wood's not as appealing, especially yeah. when he's that highly priced. E-
4: even if, if you're Coach Silas and in your head you're like, I'm more invested in Christian Wood. He's my guy. You still though might throw Cousins a bone in a bunch of extra minutes for his first game back. as just kind of a confidence builder, you know. F- you know, s- sorry about the whole COVID thing for the first few games. Like, why not give him some run if he's got the legs for it?
1: Yeah.
3: it's it's tough um, for me. I you know, like Shannon alluded to, um, Brandon Ingram is someone that you you have to really look at. New Orleans against OKC. We know how bad OKC is, and in that same vein, Zion against OKC. I mean, who on OKC is dealing with Zion Williamson at, at forward? Um <laughs> I I have no idea. I really You're don't know. You're saying Baisley looks a little thin. Yeah, Basley's a, a little thin. Horford's there, but like, like not <laughs> you know, if Zion is facing up against Horford, Zion's gonna have completed his dunk by the time Horford turns around. Uh so like I don't know. And I think, I mean, you can put together a decent lineup. Like, so right now, you know, I'm, I'm messing around on the optimizer. I have four guys locked in um, Mitchell Robinson, Zion Williamson, Ingram, and SGA. And the other players you can get uh, would be John Wall, Alfred Payton, Buddy Heald, RJ Barrett, and Bojan Bogdanovich. And to me, that's a pretty solid lineup. It's got a high ceiling if all those guys, you know, perform as well as they could. And, um, you know, I, again, it's this is a this is an interesting slate, but uh, especially with the Rockets coming back and everything like that. But those guys, those guys are high priced that I like. And I agree with Shannon that Christian would. It's tough to know what's going to happen here. Um, I think that does it for us, Ken. So um, it's time. It's time for that old man rant.
4: Ah, uh, let's use my old man rant to give a tip of the hat to two recently deceased Boston Celtic legends, Tommy Heinsohn and Casey Jones. In 1956, gentlemen, Boston drafted Tommy Heinsohn and Casey Jones and traded for the draft rights to Bill Russell, three Hall of Famers in one draft. Not bad. Heinsohn passed away this November. He was with the Celtics for 60 years as a player, coach, and announcer, and was part of the franchise for all 17 of their championships. The local Holy Cross product was Boston through and through, and led the, ski, the Celtics in scoring in four of the Celtics championship seasons in which he played. Heinsohn succeeded Bill Russell as team coach and won two more titles in the 70s. He's inducted in the Hall of Fame separately as both a player in 86 and a coach in 2015. Tommy! was then Boston's TV color commentator from 79 through last season. His shameless homerism was a pure joy. He was 86 years old. Casey Jones, drafted with Heinsohn, played college ball with Bill Russell at the University of San Francisco, and was a pros pro at point guard for Boston, where he backed up Bob Cousy before becoming a starter himself. He played nine seasons, all for Boston, and won eight titles. Not bad. He passed away this past Christmas at the age of 88. His stats were not gaudy, but his defense was ferocious. Jones retired as a player in 1967, but returned to Boston as an assistant coach in 1977. He became the head coach in 81 and led the Bird-McHale Parish Celtics to four straight finals and two championships. Larry Bird said of Casey Jones, Casey was the nicest man I ever met. He always went out of his way to make people feel good, and it was such an honor to play for him. Tommy and Casey, Celtic Nation will mourn your loss for many years to come.
3: Uh, Skin somber on the old man rant. Uh, I had to do a wardrobe change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the YouTube and all. Yeah, the, the the YouTube people need to know that you are not like a diehard bulls fan just doing this whole like uh, <laughs> thing to the Celtics um, okay so I think we avoided any mispronounced names this pod so that's great um, and that' that does it for us uh, we appreciate everyone listening and watching if you're on YouTube um, so thank you everybody uh, for for tuning into the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is sponsored by BetMGM and Owner's Box. Uh, Ken, take us out of here.
4: Yeah, let's go back to Chicago. And uh, earlier discussed small Ford Otto Porter, who talked about facing his old Wizards teams the first time last year. I was telling coach everything there was to know about Washington. Everything. I was snitching. Attention passengers. This three car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line.